It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 20th, 2018. Happy Friday, everyone. My name is Phil Prostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Today, we're going to wrap up the week with a little summary of the Magic's free agency. It looks like things are ready to die down for free agency, so um, the Magic, not very active at all. So we'll talk a little bit about what's kind of left to do for this team uh, in free agency. Um, I'll probably talk next week about their salary situation. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. And then if, and then we'll close the show with a, a brief snippet from Lockdown Celtics as the Boston Celtics retaining Marcus Smart on a long-term deal. And I'll talk very briefly, like I did yesterday, about the Eastern Conference impact of this decision. But before we do that, I do want to say, if you haven't already, be sure to follow the great podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll do this advertisement again later. But Locked On Celtics, Locked On Raptors, Locked On Spurs, all great resources for the latest moves around the NBA. In fact, every NBA team has a local expert just like me covering their team in the exact excruciating detail that you see me cover the Magic. It is the best resource for any NBA fan. You're looking just for a dip into what's going on with the Cleveland Cavaliers these days, you check out Locked On Cavaliers. You're you're trying to figure out, I haven't heard much about the Portland Trail Blazers, you check out Locked On Blazers. It is that simple. Want a bigger uh, global perspective of the NBA, you check out Locked On NBA. There's a Locked On podcast just for you. NFL season's around the corner. You can check out the Locked On NFL podcast as well. Every NFL team is covered as well, and a growing number of Major League Baseball teams are too as the trade deadline comes up in Major League Baseball as well as the second half of the season. Be sure to check those out. You can download them on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the podcast you are looking for. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, like I said, I want to close this week out a, a little bit with uh, some discussion, not, not a whole lot of discussion, but some discussion of what comes next for the Orlando Magic. Um, obviously, this summer was not a summer to to spend much in free agency. In fact, Orlando really only had the cap room to re-sign Aaron Gordon 
and then use their mid-level exception. The Magic opted not to use that mid-level exception. In fact, they only used about $2 million of that $8 million mid-level exception, and that was to sign Isaiah Briscoe and Melvin Frazier to multi-year contracts. That's that's fine. I mean, no, I don't think anyone would begrudge this team to, to keep young their young options open. But undoubtedly, Orlando left a lot of holes, and, and I think it is fair to criticize Jeff Weltman and say, you clearly, you know, I mean, yes, you can believe that the injuries truly affected this Magic team. That that it really did matter that though that there so many games were missed. But at the same time, uh, if you've watched this team for six years, as many of us have, you also know that there are just some clear shortcomings. And and so yes, I think it's fair to criticize and fair to say the Magic needed to be a little bit more assertive and aggressive changing up this roster and beginning to move in a different direction. I'm always one to say, and I'm always one to cautious people who believe that, and I'm not saying you shouldn't believe that. I'm not even saying I disagree with that. I do think that the Magic need to be more aggressive in looking to change this roster. But I always want to bring the caveat that, A, we don't know what was on the market. You can't force things that aren't there. And B, what you get back is more important than what you send out. Trading a player just to trade a player is not going to get you anything. Right now, the Magic need to build assets and build players that they like. And in fairness to the Magic, they probably got rid of the one player um, that definitely had a big contract that did not fit anything they wanted to do. I, I think you know, you're probably saying, oh, Nikola Vucevic doesn't really fit what the Magic want to do. But Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier are still very productive players. I don't think the Magic have any interest in trading them without getting something in return, without getting something of value back something that they care about. And until that point, I think they're willing to keep their players and keep those players on the roster. So, you know, I'm sure we'll do a a summer grades post a little bit later on on Orlando Magic Daily. I'm sure I'll talk about it here on this podcast. But I think it's fair to... You could say the Magic maybe get a B-minus or a C-plus for their offseason. Did... Did they make the team better with their offseason moves? Muhammad Baum is a nice piece. I think that's definitely something better. But they didn't add anyone new to this roster that's going to absolutely change this team, that's going to make them go from a 25-win team to a 41-win team. And maybe Steve Clifford will. He's done it in the past. But I'm not banking on it. Are the Magic better than they were at the end of last season? Honestly, it depends on health. So... It is fair to criticize, I think, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond for the job that they've done this offseason if you look at it only through the prism of the 2019 season. Because there are obvious holes on the team. The Magic need a point guard. No offense to DJ Augustin. He is a fine player. He did a great job last year. DJ Augustin starting a whole season does not bode well for the Magic. I, I don't think he is a starting point guard. I don't think that he is a guy that's going to make all these young players, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad Bamba especially, he's going to make all these young players work together in a cohesive fashion. And so, yes, there is that glaring hole at point guard still. A hole that a lot of fans, and I would include myself here, thought that Isaiah Thomas could fill. 
Now, whether the Magic, how serious the Magic's conversations with Isaiah Thomas got is unknown. It, it, it does appear, according to Alex Kennedy of Hoops Hype, that the Magic did sit down with Thomas. They did talk with him. They did talk with his representatives. They never got to the contract phase. They never got to numbers, but they at least explored the idea and gave it some very serious thought. And it's easy to sit here and say, oh, obviously you go after him. He's a potential all, he's, he's a former all-star. He's a guy that, you know, is a year removed from being one of the top five players in the league as an MVP voting. You go for it. And I am certainly partial to that argument. I agree with it. At the same time, I understand where the Magic are sitting too. We don't know enough about his sip to know that he's healthy. It, it seems like the rest of the league considered him a backup point guard, at least for this year, until he proves himself healthy again. And Orlando decided to go in a different direction. They didn't see Thomas as a long-term point guard solution. And I think what's become clear with how the Magic approached this offseason, that they were only going to commit to guys that they believed in. They believe in Aaron Gordon at least to the extent that they resigned him to the deal that they resigned him to. They believe in Aaron Gordon and what he can bring to the team. They brought him back. They believe in Isaiah Briscoe. They believed in Melvin Frazier. They believed in Justin Jackson. They believed in, let's, let's say, Jerry and Grant as well. Orlando wasn't willing to make a short-term play to just boost wins and revenue. That's not what they're about. At least in a short-term sense. They are about boosting wins and revenue. I think that does matter. But they want to make sure they bring in the right guy. That they bring in the guy that they believe in. That they believe can be successful and make everyone around him successful. And right now, you know, Augustin Solid, he's not going to make too many mistakes. Is he going to be a Difference maker? No. Is he going to hurt you? Defensively, yeah, but offensively, certainly not. And I think that's kind of where the gamble was, was the Magic weren't willing to take on a player that that was such a huge gamble, even at a minimum, even at a, a slightly above minimum contract. And so Orlando sat on their money, and they're not going to make probably any deals or any any more free agent signings the rest of the summer unless they're minimum guys. It's it's definitely disappointing, and I, I sense the disappointment in the fan base, but it's also, I think I think this is, this is tough for a lot of fans to hear, it's patient. This is not a front office group that's going to rush headlong into bad decisions, which is a good sign, I think. They're willing to play the long game, and they know that this team still has a lot of years to develop. And that's why they made the moves that they did. The big offseason acquisition move was really relatively minor. They exchanged Bismack Biombo for Timothy Mozgov and Jerry and Grant. And Biombo and, and Mozgov essentially have the same contract. Mozgov's paid a little bit less. But they got something of value for a player they probably weren't going to play very much anyway. Biombo was going to sit on the bench, most likely, behind Bamba. And so they traded him and got an interesting young player, player who has bounced around a little bit, and you know you can't expect a whole ton out of him. But an interesting young player nonetheless, that a guy 
who's experienced some decent success when he's had playing time, but still has a long way to go. Yes, it, it, if anything, the biggest thing the Magic signaled through all the moves that they made was that, yeah, this year, it's going to be another development year. This year, they're going to be evaluating a lot of the young guys again. This year's about growing the players they care about again. Wins are nice, and they're ni- they'd be a nice side product, but that's probably not how we're going to measure this season. I mean, who knows what can happen? You know, this team's shown that when healthy, they can be pretty good. Steve Clifford's a pretty good coach. You know, who something could change. But Orlando didn't set out this summer to solve all their problems. And I think that's the key takeaway of all this. Yes, they'd still have a desperate need for a point guard. But they didn't go out trying to check everything off a list. They went into the summer thinking, what's going to put us in a better position to succeed when we're ready to succeed down the road? Not 2019, but 2020, 2021. And, you know, I'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but when you take a look at their books, the Magic did a good job not overcommitting financially to keep flexibility for 2019 if they want to go for it then. But certainly for 2020 and 2021, more realistic years for Orlando to attack the free agent market. This was not the summer for the Magic to attack free agency, not in any way, shape, or form. They didn't have the money to do so anyway. And there weren't the players out there as well. But Orlando clearly is going to enter the season with an incomplete roster. When we see predictions about the Magic season come down, it wouldn't surprise me if they're back predicted to finish at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. I'm not willing to say they're the worst team in the Eastern Conference because I don't believe that. But they could end up being the second worst or the third worst. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if they finish 11th, 10th, you know, kind of in that hunt as well if, 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 if everything goes right. That means everything goes right, though. And so this wasn't a summer to evaluate based on what the roster looks like tomorrow. And yeah, Orlando's left a lot of holes open. A lot of holes they're going to have to fill at some point. And did this free agency really set the magic up well for the future? Financially, it did a little, but not a whole lot. Restraint, honestly, set set the magic up for the future better than anything else. It's still hard to get a grasp of what the Magic's goals for 2019 are. Steve Clifford has kind of hinted at, you know, why can't we be the surprise team? When we were when when this team was healthy, they were really good and it was not an insignificant period of time. I do agree with him on that. Although it did still feel unsustainable. But the Magic left a lot to do in free agency, in this free agency period. Unless a trade is coming down the pike which it doesn't appear that there is. The Magic really didn't flip over the roster. They didn't really begin turning the page and getting to that next step that they have to get to. Are they going to regret that? Probably not as much as you think they might. They're in no rush to deal Evan Fournier. They're in no rush to deal Nikola Vucevic. 
they'll still retain their value for a little while longer. And for Vucevic's cases, he might increase in value as the season goes on, as we get closer to the deadline. And so the Magic were playing it shrewd, trying to weigh the market and, and again, find something they like. It's a patient strategy. But it does leave a lot to be desired and does leave a lot wanting. And that is an absolutely fair criticism of this group. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Moving on to the latest moves around the NBA, I want to preview a little bit of what's going on around the Locked On Podcast Network. A couple of big, big deals on Thursday. The Oklahoma City Thunder and Atlanta Hawks agreeing to a trade that will send Dennis Schroeder to the Oklahoma City Thunder and Carmelo Anthony to the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are expected to waive Carmelo Anthony so he can go sign with the Houston Rockets or possibly the Miami Heat. Big, big move, obviously. Of, of uh, The Hawks try, were trying desperately to get rid of Schroeder. I know a few Magic fans thought that he might be good. He wouldn't be. He's very, very inefficient of kind of a a little bit of a chucker, honestly, for a guy who's not a great shooter. Um, so uh, I think, not that the Magic dodged a bullet there. His contract is terrible as well. Um, but uh, um, the Hawks needed to get rid of him desperately. They found a taker in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City took him, and that is that. Um, the other big signing, and that's what we'll talk about here coming out coming out of this, um, is the Boston Celtics finally signing Marcus Smart. Restricted free agency did Marcus Smart no favors. Contract negotiations took a very, very long time. He ends up re-signing with the Celtics anyway on a four-year deal. And obviously, this is a big deal for the Celtics. Um, I think that the, the best analysis that I've read of this is this has pointed out that the Celtics were a very interesting team in that they had a lot of big contracts, Al Horford, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and then a lot of rookie contracts. And they didn't really have anything in the middle. And Marcus Smart now becomes really their first middle-tier, mid-level guy uh, on their books. And so if they ever wanted to trade him, if they ever wanted to to get something of value to go after an Anthony Davis or or a Kawhi Leonard or or, a player of that ilk, now they have a player that they can use in such a trade. That would be Marcus Smart because you do have to match salaries when you're over the cap. Uh, And so... It's a big move on that front, but it's also a big move culturally on the court. I found it very hard to believe that the Celtics could let Marcus Smart walk because they need his defensive ability and his versatility, his willingness to guard anybody and his ability to do so. Yes, he still struggles on the offensive end. Yes, he still struggles with a shot, but he is such a culture setter for that team. You got Everyone needs one. Draymond Green isn't the best shooter in the world, but he is a culture setter for his team. He makes his team better just by being on the floor, just by playing at the level that he plays at, by being versatile and and being um, effective in that way. And that is pretty important. That's a big deal. And so I obviously like the signing for Marcus Smart, Uh, like the signing for, for the Celtics and certainly for Marcus Smart. Where does that leave the Eastern Conference, though? We've had a lot of moving and shaking in the Eastern Conference with Kawhi Leonard coming over the Toronto Raptors. 
I said I, I said yesterday on yesterday's show that I like the deal for the Raptors. Um, I'm a big DeMar DeRozan fan, so I like the deal for the Spurs too. But I like that the Raptors took this risk that if Kawhi Leonard is healthy and engaged, which I guess is an important thing to say at this point, he could make that team a whole lot better. They got a nice young core. They got a lot of nice young players that can support that initial, that initial group. And I don't know if Toronto is the absolute favorite to win the East now that LeBron's no longer there, but it's them and Boston. Them, Boston, and probably Philadelphia. Although I, I don't know if Philadelphia's had the best summer. Philadelphia's going to need a lot of internal improvement, which of course they could have. I think everyone who is willing to dismiss Toronto does so at their own peril. Yes, they've had some rough playoff appearances, but that is still a very good team, and that is still a team that I expect, you know, even with the Celtics, I expect them to be in the running for the top seed in the East. Whether they can get over the hump and finally win is another question. And that's why Boston absolutely needed to make this Marcus Smart signing. Because at the end of the day, Tatum and Rozier were great, but they're going to have to scale back now. Because Irving and Hayward are back. And Irving, and as good as Tatum and Rogier are, Irving and Hayward are probably better players at the moment. And Boston's going to have to have a guy that is selfless and show how selfless he is on the court to get the buy-in and commitment it's going to take to win and win big in this Eastern Conference. I think that's the big deal of this signing. That is really what matters about this signing and about the direction that that the Celtics are going on. As now they've got a guy who's going to have that complete buy-in and complete defensive mentality to help the Celtics stay among the top teams in the East. They they, they have the talent to do so anyway. And in this wide-open East, it really does feel like it's Toronto, Boston, and Philadelphia fighting for the championship. No offense, Indiana. I, I'm not. Indiana was very good last year. Fifth seed deserved so. They got to do it again. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not. I don't. I, I, I'm not sure how far they push themselves ahead. They'll still be very good. I'm. I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but I don't put them in that tier. Milwaukee's been so inconsistent over the last few years, even with a new coach, and uh, and Mike Budenholzer. I'm not. I'm not going to buy into them, even though they have the best player in the Eastern Conference, probably, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's still very up in the air, I think. This is still this is still an Eastern Conference that's, that, that's going to be open, but Toronto, Boston, and Philadelphia clearly are the cream of the crop. And everyone else is kind of fighting for their place in this landscape. And sure, there's going to be a team that surprises like Indiana did last year. It could be Milwaukee. Could be Washington, could be, could be Miami. Who knows? Miami's, Miami's weird. Could be. I don't know who else. I don't know who else is who's going to knock down that door. Cleveland could certainly surprise. But it's, I still think it's Toronto, Boston, and Philadelphia. And Boston, on Thursday, kept themselves in that race. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. 
You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure also to check out the great podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Some technical difficulties. I wasn't able to play the clip from John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics before his take on the Marcus Smart signing and where the Celtics fit into the Eastern Conference. Check out Lockdown Celtics. You can also check out the other great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Every NBA team, every NFL team, and a growing number of MLB teams are listed on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, and give you the same kind of detailed analysis that you get here on Locked On Magic. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Ross Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.